0: Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Perf de la As we all know, the Premier League is back. So, I'm going to go straight into you, Mike. In three words, I want you to explain to me how you're feeling about the Premier League being back.
1: Three words, mate. Probably on the spot, eh? Well, I'm excited. Um, probably, in some ways, hesitant not to get too excited, not to get too far ahead of myself. Um... Third word's probably hard, man. I'm just really excited that it's back, to be honest, because, I mean, over here, we've got the Aussie rules that keeps keeps me occupied on the weekends in terms of sport. But for me, nothing kind of gets me more excited than watching the Premier League on the weekend. So, yeah, just excited.
0: Fair enough. Over to you, Michael. Three words. Three words. Injuries. Darwin. And City. Interesting as well, because we'll, we'll probably start on obviously the, the Fulham Liverpool game. I, I know Palace-Arsenal was before, but we'll we'll look at that because that was probably the first kind of big result. Um, do you think your three words changed after that result? Well, the City words didn't because they played last, and the,
2: but then they, they got the win, didn't they? Um um. Uh, yes. Uh. Well, I'm pretty happy with my three words. I think Darwin, his influence on the game, having come off the bench, was great. Um. He's really he's shown already. He's going to be a handful for Premier League defenders. Uh. What was my first word? I said Gareth. Injuries. Injuries. Yeah. So you're going to add Tiago to the mix. I uh, got confirmation. He's going to be out for minimum six weeks. So that growing list. Uh. Navi Kaita um, who else is on this? Kelleher her in goals as the backup. Ellie's just come back as well. Um, Jota up front. It just goes on and on. And that, unfortunately, uh, I'm one of those people. I wasn't initially, but I think Klopp needs to go into the deepest hand in the transfer market and uh, do something there to get us
0: through to next year before we buy Drew Bellingham. Yeah, Ooh. fair enough. Do you think so? Obviously, Fulham coming up. It was a fantastic result for them. They played so well. They made me look silly because I said before that they were going to come out and try and play football and and go out Liverpool and and get beat 6-1. And actually, they did exactly what I said. But to be honest, they were probably the better side. Liverpool, I'd say, were probably lucky to maybe get a point. I think Fulham probably deserved the win. But then in the end as well, Henderson hitting the bar with what a minute to go. If that had gone in, would it just been our, oh, you know, its first game of the season, kind of move on, rather than now they've dropped points against Fulham. Well,
2: P- Klopp's post-match comments uh, emphasises how bad a performance that was. Usually, he's right behind his players. Um, he talks about mentality. He did blame uh, the dry pitch as a <laughs> classic Klopp <laughs> quote, um, but he also did blame the players, which doesn't really usually do. Um, and I think that hit hard. I think they'll respond this week. Uh, Fulham really—they deserved the three points on the on the on the day. Um, Mitrovic—it was a handful for Van Dijk. I think it was uh the first time Van Dijk's got dribbled pass in uh, uh nearly a season of Premier League football. Um, and a foul leading to a penalty, which he clipped his knee, which is uh, a bit of fifty-fifty pen. and wasn't nailed on in my opinion, but uh, it went to VAR and the, it went ahead, so. With the new bounce, Fulham went in, uh, as they should do on the first game of the season. The optimism, uh, Marco Silva, is it, got him playing exciting football. Uh, the longer it goes, I, I think he will need to adapt and be a bit more clever in the way he sets up with his strategy against a bigger Premier League opposition. But um, if I was a Fulham fan, i would be made up Liverpool fan. I think I was cursing a few too many times at the TV watching the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. And, uh, Mike, go over to you. So, obviously, City had a good win against West Ham. Uh, Haaland grabbed himself a brace. He just looks unbelievable already. So, that miss already that was in uh, the Cup game last week against Liverpool, pretty much forgotten.
1: Yeah, I think as well, if you saw his reaction, he was kind of having a bit of a laugh to himself. Um, You know, typical striker. Obviously, he's probably pretty annoyed that he's missed that chance and he was pretty hungry. It was really good to see him... Get on the score sheet. You know, uh, if you follow, if you're on Twitter or social, any social media, Facebook, everyone will have you believe that uh, Erling Haaland was going to be a failure. You know, he's come from the Bundesliga, he's not going to be any good. So, just for me, it was really good to see him. I, I wanted him to score out of it more than anyone else just to relieve that pressure. Um, Nunes as well. I said in our first podcast or one of the first podcasts that I wasn't entirely convinced, but um I think you know Nunes is gonna do really, really well at Liverpool. He's added quite a bit of spark to their attack and it's a big, big boots to fill with Mane gone. So um, you know, maybe at first I would say the the comparisons with Haaland probably weren't quite warranted, but um, yeah, I think I think he's gonna live up to it. And I think Haaland getting off the mark just kind of relieves a bit of pressure and not the biggest signing, but obviously a big name signing, so it was good for him and um, quite a few strange things in that game as well. It was good, good to get the win, especially after last season where we drew 2-2 at the back end of the season. Um, wasn't really that long ago either, to be honest, so it was interesting to see how Pep changed it. I don't know if we'll discuss it a little bit later on, so I won't go into too much depth, but it was interesting to see what Pep did with the fullbacks. I know uh, both of you kind of spoke about Klopp changing it in preseason, having the fullbacks tucking in, but... It was really, really narrow. Um, we kind of had... It was almost... It was a strange formation. So you ended up having Diaz and Ake playing at um, centre-back. And then you had Walker and Cancelo either side of Rodri. So it was, it was interesting to see how that all matched up. And throughout pre-season, we've had quite wide fullbacks and um, and <clears throat> narrow wingers, whereas it was the opposite here. So it was interesting to see how uh, Pep adapted and how we might sort of line up a bit more this season given the changes in personnel. So good start and um just more excited that harlan's got on got on the score sheet
0: yeah i bet um so obviously there's a lot of results from the weekend now instead of going through every single one um i'm going to go through and ask a few different questions that i've got because i think we'll probably touch on seven or eight of the games um just for the question so the first thing question that i said and um Michael, you might have something different, obviously, being a Liverpool fan, expecting a win over Fulham. But So, what's the most surprising result of the weekend? Um, for me, I watched the whole game. And to be honest, after during the game, it probably wasn't much of a surprise because of how much they were dominating. But obviously, Brighton winning at Old Trafford, their first ever win at Old Trafford, winning 2-1. But to be honest, dominated. I think they, they should have had a penalty. Danny Welbeck was fouled by United's um, new signing Martinez. It was a silly little push. VAR didn't even look at it, which I found very, very strange, considering all that stuff in the Liverpool game. But Brighton were just fantastic, and United back to the drawing board. Uh, Michael, do you agree? Was that your biggest surprise? Are you still sticking with you know Liverpool against Fulham? Yeah, well, I'm going to switch to United when I get the opportunity. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch that game actually as well. Uh, Brighton were all over them. Uh, the 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 space they left in behind their midfielders, uh, in those little pockets just near their centre halves and fullbacks. Um, they just got in behind way too easily. Welbeck, um, he was sort of playing a bit of the hold up striker role, but uh, with Tassad on the left hand side. Um, he was always finding that ball through the channel where Welbeck did meet and all of a sudden they're 20 metres up the pitch in their box and United didn't know how to defend it, to be honest. Um, and like you said, that uh, <laughs> they created so many opportunities and they got the war for it. Um, I think that's their first ever win at Old Trafford. And the, the surprising bit, um, just similar, I'd say, to the Fulham result, um, Ten Hag is his first game in charge um official game obviously um at old trafford uh they didn't get up for him um obviously that maybe the disharmony with ronaldo on the bench brand on the bench um played a part in the dynamics there uh he did obviously uh he's trusted Maguire to retain the captaincy i don't think he would like to obstruct the dynamics in the dressing room um but there was no leadership at the back um and i believe that does start with him uh but the manager didn't know how to change it in game either. And there's a lot of reports the last few days from United's behalf um, that they're all of a sudden linked to uh, a number of players to bolster
0: their squad. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting watching that game because um, obviously Ten Hag's got a way that he wants to play football. He wants to play out from the back, which is is a good way to go if you can do it, but do United have the players to do? I think there was two moments in the first kind of 10, 15 minutes where United gave the ball away from their back four. I think Delow gave it away once and it might have been Maguire the other time and Brighton didn't quite capitalise, but the warning signs were there. So is he going to stick with this philosophy? You obviously think he's going to, but yeah. I just don't think they've got the players. Yeah. Um,
2: well, like um, I, I think he will stick with the philosophy. If you saw, um, Miguel Arteta, uh, when he first went to Arsenal, uh, he nearly got fired, to be honest. Um, but his, the way he plays football, the way he's uh, learnt under Pep, the philosophy has come through. And then you can see the players. You need to put those hours on the training pitch. It's not just going to happen. Um, it sort of did happen a little bit in pre-season, but you don't have that press from the opposition. You don't have the quality from the people they verse in pre-season to get that real match simulation uh, and now they have to take that to the training pitch, work on this is the level, this is the intensity, this is how teams are going to press, how we are going to find those passing lanes without it getting closed down um, so they can transition that ball well into the midfield without losing possession.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting kind of following United. Are they still going to be a similar team to what they were last year, or are they going to kick on because it's, 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 it's kind of hard to watch, really. I have even seen Rio Ferdinand, who came out, and said they, he couldn't believe that United didn't try and move for Danny Welbeck, which I just found incredibly strange. Like it just goes to show the position that they're in at the moment, especially with all that Arnautovic stuff as well. Um, I'll move on, though. I'm going to go over to you, Mike, and ask you about which, which Premier League team impressed you the most in game week one.
1: Um, I'll just quickly before we do, I do move on, I will just touch on those things as well. I think uh, Mike or Michael rather, um, spoke about how Arteta was given time, and that was kind of one of my points as well. Is that you know the trouble is right now with United, I feel like their fans are putting so much pressure on the board and the club to have instant success, but I think it's probably going to be a bit of a slow burn. I mean, they've had that many years of mismanagement since Sir Alex Ferguson left, and I think it's just going to take time for Ten Hag to get his ideas across. I mean, they had some impressive results in preseason, but sometimes it's hard to take any currency from it as well. And, um, you know, it's more about getting minutes in the legs. So, um, you know, United fans probably just need to calm down a little bit. I think they have probably rights to be maybe, I don't know if you saw, they're protesting. I think off the pitch, you know, it's still a lot left to be desired, but I think they've just got to give Ten Hag a bit of time. And... As well, get the players in that are going to fit his system because you saw with Klopp that didn't quite happen straight away. Now, Man City have a lot of money, but with Pep, same sort of thing as well. Um, spoke about playing out from the back. David De Gea, I don't think he's suited to that system. So there's a lot of things that need to change there before they're going to have some success. And I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, I almost forgot what you've asked me can there, I, but, but can, I, can I
2: chip in there, Michael? Go for it. Um, What you're saying is 100% correct. Uh, It it will take time. I think the difference, just comparing um, the rebuild that Liverpool went through, the way Klopp came in in the heavy metal football, as it branded, uh, was reliant on people having energy, pressing, Mm -hmm. winning that ball back high. I think the the calm, uh, the positioning and teaching the players on the training pitch to play out the back. I think that's a harder transition, a harder thing to learn than just come in, give it your energy, press, win, show me that you want to be there. So I think that, 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 that difference in that managerial style early on, I think you'd get more benefit out of a clock type with that energy in comparison to someone that has that different football philosophy. I think that will take longer. I think you're right.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's just a bit more structured as well. And if you look at United over the past few years, I don't really think you've been able to pick their identity, to be honest. Maybe a little bit counterattacking, but kind of a bit of everything. It's been kind of all over the place, um, on and off the pitch. So I think as well, you know, he's probably gonna set set um, you know, have quite a rigid structure in place. And I think it just take time for the players to adapt. Um, just moving on to Gareth's question. So who impressed me? Um well, I mean, look, Brighton did impress me. Fulham impressed me, not because it's Liverpool. It's good that they dropped points, but um, just because, you know, they, they actually went for it as well. And it'd be interesting to see if they can maintain it throughout the season and stay up. Arsenal impressed me. um, Just professional performance. Palace is a tough place to go. But one team that did also impress me, and maybe I could see going down, or was in my predictions anyway, um, is Bournemouth. I mean, we spoke about Villa and Gerard and the backing that um, gerard has got in the transfer window and they brought in and, and spent a bit of money on some decent players. Uh, I think it's good good result for Bournemouth. And the reason why I kind of picked that result as well is just, um, I don't know if you boys saw, obviously Tyrone Mings was stripped of the captaincy as well. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. He obviously came out and posted on social media saying he was happy with John McGinn to take it. Um, but I think it might might be um, the breaking of Steven Gerrard at, at Villa. I mean, obviously, McGinn's been there for a while. He's a respected player, but I just think if you're stripping a captaincy and giving it to a, another player in the team, I just I yeah, don't know. As well, much as he says it's all right, he's going to come out because he's probably going to remain professional, but I just don't know if it's going to be really good for the dressing room in the long term, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on Gerrard.
2: Well, obviously, I'm a huge Gerrard fan, um, being a Liverpool fan. Uh, the stat I saw yesterday, actually, was uh, Steven Gerrard's win percentage at Villa is exactly the same at the moment as Gary Neville's was at Valencia, which is 35%. So 100%. he came in, uh, he did uh, pick him up a few places on the table, uh, but that's well dropped off. Um, and that's on the back of having the early results in Europe, getting knocked out of the Europa League, uh, and now struggling to pick up as
1: many points in the league. Yeah, definitely, I yeah, think I think I've, think I've got it. I'll go for it, man. As I say, I think they've got yeah, an aging spot as well. So,
0: Yeah, I think it was interesting there because I would wrote down the next question, which team was the most disappointing, and mine was Villa. I thought performance-wise, they were just flat. Um, I actually went and did a little bit, not, not research, but I went on the Aston Villa Facebook page just to read a few of the comments because I like to do that. And the fans were going at Gerrard like tactically, he's awful. You know, he's only trying to pick a team that can play to Coutinho and stuff like that. Um, it seems to me that he doesn't really have a plan B. He kind of just goes out there, um, and whatever he's trying just isn't working. Like for me, Bournemouth, I still think Bournemouth are going to go down, but they made Villa look woeful. So it's worrying signs. And considering the amount of players that they they bought in in the summer and the money they've spent. It's not a good look for Gerard, and he could certainly be probably odds on favorite. I think to be one of the first managers to get stacked if this continues.
1: Yeah, definitely mate. Um, just, just on that as well. I don't know what you boys think, but for me, uh, he did well at Rangers, Yes. And that can't be understated. Definitely. Um, you know, Taking that title back from Celtic after being dominant for so long, but arguably, even even though they hadn't won it in so long, it's pretty much them and uh, them and Celtic every year in the league, and it's a good achievement. They did really well, and he he's managed to improve the team and the club. But I don't know if he's just got it, got the job off the back of being Steven Jared. And It's probably a bit like Frank Lampard at um, Everton and Chelsea. So you know, I still the jury's out for me, and I'm not saying you can't be a decent manager, but maybe it was just a step to... Too far too soon, and maybe he just need to play his trade a little bit more in one of the lower leagues.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you uh, there. I think he's got yeah. from being Gerard. Well, I
2: I think he's made a good decision going to Rangers. Um, and obviously, if he failed there, uh, he'd, he'd probably be in the MLS by now. Um, but he, he did well. He got in the league title. He's quite an ambitious person in general. Um, knowing quite a bit about him uh, and he's taking this Aston Villa role, even though he initially said he wasn't going to go to coach against Liverpool. Um but he's looking at us if it's best interests are uh, for his career. Um I I think he's got more upside in the long term than a Frank Lampard, in my opinion, not because it's just Steven Gerrard from uh his steps in managerial career so far of choosing the rangers before now going to a Premier League side. Um he is struggling, but I think this season's really pivotal to see the direction he goes um and who's who's the captain, who's going to back him up, who's going to be his voice on the pitch. Um, they need to rectify it really soon. Otherwise I could agree he'll be um in a little bit of trouble heading into next season.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there as well. Um, So, other games, obviously, there wins to Leeds, Newcastle and Chelsea. Brentford came from behind against Leicester to draw 2-2. The last game that I really want to touch on, because for me, the team that impressed me the most was this team. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. Their transfer market has just been very, very impressive. And if Liverpool are playing the way they're playing, there's no reason why this team, if they're in the form can't pit them and, and maybe push Shitty and, and, and finish second. So for me, Tottenham, that was just an incredible performance. And uh, Kulosevsky is just incredible. And I'm going to say, now that Mane's left... I know City have got a, a good front three, but for me, Kulaseski, Kane, Son is the best front three in the Premier League. Do we agree, Mike, being a City fan? Are you going to argue for someone else? I just, I can't see any team that have got a better front three than those three in the form that they're in right now.
1: Well, I think um, even in some ways, probably Liverpool uh, are probably, probably higher in that sense. I mean, I think Haaland trumps the strikers from all three of those teams. Um, Kulaseski, though, but. I can see Gareth looking there and you know what? It's a big call, but I reckon Harlan the next few years, I think he'll, he'll if he continues it, um, the way he's been going, you'll Harry Kane, great player, but you know what? In some ways, I'm actually quite glad we didn't get Harry Kane now. And we've ended up with Harlan just, just given the age profile and look, I would have loved Harry Kane. Don't get me wrong, but he would have been a three or four year player. And Haaland, I think is, is a 10 year player. So just, just from that, just, you know, age perspective, but um, look, yes and no. I, for me, I'm so surprised that someone like Hyun min Sun hasn't been picked up by Liverpool or Man City because, for me, he's one of the most underrated players in the Premier League. Um, he's done it so consistently for for a long time now as well. And for me, now, especially since Sterling left, and it would never happen, but I would have loved him in City's team, I mean, having him with Haaland and, and Foden up there. So I definitely, I wouldn't say that's an outrageous call. Um, I suppose it just remains to be seen whether that's enough for Tottenham to stay higher up the table this season, but yeah, definitely. And I, I still, was well, quite surprised that Juventus let someone like Kulusevski go because they're not really having the best of times either um, compared to recent years. So, to to give you an answer rather than beating around the bush a bit, um, I'd say yeah, they're definitely in the conversation.
2: Yeah. Now, well, I I think uh, as soon as I appointed Antonio Conte as a manager. Um, Straight away, regardless of how, one actually once he got the backing from the, the owner of the club to dip into the transfer market, uh, they're a real threat. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, they've got the brand new stadium. It's massive. If you get that pumping, uh, I don't think there's much to stop them. Really, having uh, taken points off twice Liverpool last season, did they beat Manchester United home and away, Mike, or only one of those fixtures?
1: How you top them. Yeah, um, they yeah. beat us both, home and away.
2: Yeah, so um, they've shown they can, they can do it. Um, so the top two of last season, arguably the best two teams in Europe, barring Real Madrid, uh, <laughs> That they, they took points off both, um, which early on in the Conte reign, uh, I think now with his signings, they're going to be a threat for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with you there. If they can play the way they played, I know Southampton aren't a fantastic side, but I just think that they did so well. Considering going 1-0 down, I think Spurs of a couple of years ago, before Conte was in, fans would have got on their back, but they're just so dangerous going forward. Um, moving on, let's have a look. So a question for you both as well. So I know we've all watched quite a few games. I want you to pick two players who impressed you the most. Um, I'll start with you, Mike, because I'm pretty sure that you're going to name a blonde-haired player
1: first. Striking Viking, eh? Um, now, look, so I'll start with Mitrovic. Again, it's probably like, oh, you know, it's because they beat Liverpool. But I was really interested to see how he did this season. Um, obviously, it's only the first game. So, I mean, two goals. We'll see how it goes. But it was good to see him take that some of that championship form into the Premier League as well. And then just looking through, I mean... Oh, if we look at the Brighton game, sort of Pascal Gross did pretty well, but maybe going to stick with City. I'm not going to go the um you know the easy option in Haaland. Someone who really impressed me for Arsenal was how Zinchenko did. Um, I thought he was one of their better players on the night. Um, got an assist as well, and it's I'm just really happy for him basically to to be doing well. Um, early on at Arsenal, so probably yeah, Zinchenko and Mitrovic, something a little bit different, but yeah. Michael, over to you. Uh Well,
2: having only seen a few games, I uh, don't really want to comment too much about um, the games I haven't seen. Um, but for the game, I did <laughs> invest a lot of my energy in. Uh, having seen Nunes, i uh, now scoring to the Charity Shield and uh, the match day one. I think he will absolutely be fire for Liverpool. Likewise, Haaland for City. So I'm going to give the first position here. him. the second one is it's a bit different one. Uh, I'm going to go with Emerson uh, for Tottenham. So sort of playing that right uh, wide role, um, providing a lot of pace um, and overlap um, and linking up with the front three, and especially Kuliseski um, on that right-hand side of the pitch. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was scaringly good. Um, which I didn't rate him too much last season, but he seems to hit the ground um, running. He didn't play the full 90 minutes, but um, I think they'll be saving him for weeks to come.
0: Yeah, I think my too. I, I went Mitrovic, I just thought he was so, so good. Um, that little turn that he had on Van Dyke, where Van Dyke found him for the penalty, I mean, still contentious. I, don't, I didn't think it was a penalty personally, but hey, that's the world we live in. Um, he was just so, so good. He looked sharp. He looked strong. He looked uh, really quick as well. I never really thought of him being quick, but he just maybe he was just he just seemed fit and he'd been working real hard. Um, the other Still player, that, not Gareth.
2: <laughs>
0: the other player that uh, impressed me was uh, so Saliba Saliba, centre half from awesome. from Arsenal. He was just fantastic. I've, for me, like watching that game, um, Arsenal were, were good early on, but you know from late into the first half and, and pretty much most of the second half crystal palace actually were the better side but defensively arsenal were fantastic and for me like I, i'm not a massive not a massive ben white fan and also ramsdale i think he's a little bit dodgy but as as a whole kind of back five unit i thought they were fantastic and and as you said zinchenko really impressed um Teeny when he came on he was good as well um so yeah arsenal uh, really impressed me as well um now just one last thing. I want you to both give me a little take from game week one of the Premier League. It might be a bold statement like, Mike, you, want, you might want to come in and say, City are going to be invincibles this season. Or you might be pessimistic and say that they're not going to win a, a game for the rest of the year. Um, just, just a little take from game week one. And I'll start with you, Michael, because I think I was harsh on Mike when we first started. So you can give me one little take from game week one of the Premier League. I think
2: the little... Margin of error that Liverpool have, uh, has been halved already. Um, the amount of draws, so the points loss uh, not not losing the game, but obviously not winning the game. Uh, last year against uh, Brentford three three, and now we've just done it two two against Fulham. Uh, I th- I don't think it's a point gained this early on in the season. Um, it's hard to tell. Obviously, thirty seven games left. Uh. But like they say, you can uh, lose the league in the first eight games. Uh, you can't win it, but you can definitely lose it.
0: Yeah. Over to you, Mike.
1: Yeah. Look, I'm I'm interested with Chelsea. I might sound a bit anti-Chelsea. I know, Gareth, some of your mates weren't too impressed with my prediction. But, I mean, look, they got the three points on the weekend. But for me, I'm still not entirely convinced purely um, just because of uh, their lack. I mean, they've got some good attacking players. But a reason, just can't seem to get a, um, much out of them. So, and I think as well, it's going to be interesting having Havertz up front this season. Obviously, now they've let uh, Werner go back to Leipzig. Lukaku's gone on loan uh, back to Inter. Obviously, brought in Raheem Sterling, but um, I'll be interested to see how he does. And again, I hope he does well. Um, but I think he struggled a lot the last couple of years because we haven't had a focal point, and now he's gone to a team that doesn't have a focal point. Um, so, look, they've got the win, but um, look I'm just interested to see how Chelsea go I, I don't know it's sometimes Tuchel cool. he's good he sets them up well defensively but I mean I don't know why it's Chelsea they don't need to be overly defensive but um, yeah, just struggling for goals so I just wanted to, I wanted to mention them just because yeah I'd, I'd be interested to see how they go this season I could easily Chelsea's a weird team I think they could either finish in the top three or they could just bottom out and finish you know fifth or sixth just, just the way it is because of kind of a bit of a hectic club as well off the field, especially what's happened last season um, with Abramovich. So, yeah, look, my my big question is just where are the goals for Chelsea going to come from?
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, for me, I think looking at Haaland and and how good he was and, and especially that second goal of De Bruyne sliding it through, uh, probably an early crow and, you know, a lot of rival fans will be saying, oh, he's injury-prone, he won't even last the season. I think he's going to break the record for most goals in the Premier League season. He's just, you know, especially taking penalties as well. Another bold comment, Gareth. Um, oh, like it. You know, you we know were the bold comments. So,
1: <laughs> Just sort of mention on that as well. David Moyes has said in his uh, post-match press conference that all week on the training ground, they'd been trying to practice for that ball. And even though it's, it's, I mean, it just shows how good, say, De Bruyne is that he can just put it on a plate still. And Haaland's pretty scary when he, it's just surprising for someone so tall how quick he is. That's what's um, caught the eye the most. I would say, just the sheer acceleration and speed he he can, um, you know, latch onto a ball and and finish it as well. So, and yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, and, and when he got
2: through, Michael uh, seeing the highlights, uh, unlike uh, say if Jesus got through, oh, um, for example, Sterling. Uh, so as soon as he got the goal side of the defender. There, there was a play coming in on the on the left, um, cutting into the corner of the box. Um, he didn't. He blocked him out. He had tunnel vision. He was going for the shot and goal. Uh, he knew it as soon as he got the ball on feet, um, and he was so clinical and he made it look really easy. And that's hard to do.
1: Yeah, and you know what? That's what we've been missing as well. And I was going to just say, before, um, you know, you just touched on it last season. Again, I love Sterling. I love Jesus, but. I would not have confidence. I feel like with them, it would probably end up, you know, they'd hit it straight at the keeper or try go around them, mess it up, try overplay it. And I think that's yeah. what we've been missing, just a lethal finisher, especially since Aguero's gone. So
0: Yeah, no, it's scary. Scary. Me. All right, Let's quickly, go. we're just going to go through game week two. I'm just going to say the game. So I'll start with you, Mike, move on to Michael, and then I'll give um, my prediction as well. We'll just, we'll just say win, lose or draw. Um, so Villa versus Everton, Mike?
1: I'm going to go bold here. I'm going to go... I reckon Everton are going to, going to get a win here. They'll, they'll pick up a result at least, but I'm going to go win.
2: Uh, I'm going to go Villa uh, just to bounce back and obviously they're at home.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to do a fair different one. I'm going to say draw. Um, Arsenal versus Leicester, Mike.
1: Yeah, look, I think Arsenal will continue their good start. Can't see anything but a win.
0: Uh I agree I think it would be a easy 2-0 yeah win for me as well Brighton Newcastle
1: ooh this is going to be a tough one I mean Newcastle 2-0 in the last game against Notts Forest couple of late goals but you know what I mean as, as much as Newcastle got that investment I Brighton at home I reckon I could um, I could see a win you know I'm just going to stick with the win yep yeah I agree
0: Brighton all three points yeah, Brighton win for me as well. City, Bournemouth, I think we probably all agree it's going to be a City win.
2: Yeah, Harland. Uh, this
0: Hampton. is a Harland uh, fantasy Premier League captain sort of stuff, triple captain for Harland, I reckon.
1: Billy pulls a hammy, eh? No. <laughs> yeah,
0: Southampton, Leeds, Mike.
1: Mm, interesting, Southampton, interesting transfer window. Signed a lot of young players. Um, didn't do too well against Spurs. I'm going to go Leeds, I reckon. I'm going to go draw. Okay.
0: I'm going to go Southampton. So different again. Wolves versus Fulham.
1: Draw. Bold predictions.
0: Draw. Draw for me as well. Brentford United.
1: I mean, you know what? United should win this game, but anything's possible with Man United. Um, But you know what? I think um, I'm just going to back him here. I'm just going to. Hopefully for them, it's it's just a sluggish start. I'm just going to go United win.
0: Uh, draw, Ivan Tony Brace. Draw for me as well. Uh, Forest against West Ham.
1: Mm, I'm going to have to go West Ham. I think. I think they want to bounce back. Obviously, Forest fans will be up, um, but I think West Ham will just have probably that little bit too much. Uh, I agree with Michael.
0: Uh, I'm actually gonna go Forest. I think that new new bounce at home, I think they're gonna get the win. Um next game, which is probably game game of the week, Chelsea
1: versus Tottenham at Stanford Bridge. Um yeah, interesting one. Hey, um, you know what? Presses as, as Spurs have been sat Stanford Bridge. I'm I'm just gonna stick with a be be one of those games that cancel each other out and draw. I'm
2: gonna go for Chelsea win here.
0: Well, I'm going to go opposite to you both again and I'm going to go with Tottenham. I'm going to say that all London will be white this season. And final game, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace at Anfield. Crystal Palace Of, I think it was... Was it Gerrard's last game at Anfield? Crystal Palace won. So, Crystal Palace can can win at Anfield. What do you reckon?
1: Uh, no, nah, mate. Look, I think Klopp will have them pretty fired up this week. I think Liverpool want to bounce back. Definitely no way they're dropping points, I think. Liverpool's a bit like City. You don't want to fire them up because they'll, they'll come out the next week, and it's probably the worst time for Palace to play them. I, I could see a bit of a battering here for uh, for Palace, and Liverpool win.
2: Uh, so I think Crystal Palace were the last team to win a Premier League game at Anfield, um, and in the Premier League alone. Uh, but let's put it this way if Liverpool don't bounce back, uh, you might not see me on the pod next time.
0: <laughs> yeah fair enough and right just to wrap it up obviously socials so you guys can find us on Podbean which is Perf De La Prem on Spotify as well Perf Dela Prem all one word on Twitter at Perf De La Prem, SoundCloud Perf Dela Prem with spaces in between obviously you can find us on Facebook and Mike over to you we've got some exciting news I, th- I think we're on we're on YouTube now as well as
1: TikTok yeah we're on YouTube mate hey speaking of exciting news Gareth has just become a father, so congratulations to uh, Gareth and Hope on the birth of their first child. I forgot to mention that at the start, but yeah, congratulations, you, mate.
0: mate. Congratulations, Gareth. I'm the I'm odd to, one out I now. He's probably going to come onto the podcast. I could hear him crying in the background, so I'm going <laughs> to run in and check in on him and I tell him to keep it down for the next part.
1: <laughs> Cheers, mate. All right, boys.
0: Thanks for that. Well, uh, this is we're, we're lucky because this is a double view in this week because obviously next up we're going to be doing the best managers of all time in the Premier League. So, stay tuned for podcast 6.